and welcome to Inclusionomics, a podcast that provides tools to all women who are challenged with finding or having access to positions of power. We help you navigate the path to being seen, being heard, and being included. Everyone is welcome here. It is an inclusion podcast after all, and we hope that you're here for all of that. Well, we certainly did not envision that most of our season two inclusionomics themes would take on kind of a dystopian focus because of the coronavirus pandemic. But yet, here we are. Today's topic is unapologetic career change. Pretty ironic when you consider that as of April, 10 million people have filed for unemployment. So I want you to hold that thought. I'm Lisa Gates. I'm a leadership and storytelling coach and founder of Story Happens Here. I coach unapologetically ambitious women to own their story, control their narrative, and rise up, even now. And I am Stacey Corden, uh, and I'm with WeWork Work. And as a diversity, inclusion, and career strategist, I strive to reduce bias in hiring and remove barriers to entry. And I spend a decent amount of time helping people make career transitions, which is our topic today. Uh, We had originally planned to talk about making a career change, the kind of change you take your time to ponder and plan and strategize about, but based upon the millions of people who have just transitioned to unemployment, we'd like to address that too and provide some tools that may help. Many of you know that both Lisa and I have courses on LinkedIn's online learning platform. And the course that would have been most applicable to today's discussion is my course on career change. But um, I also have a course on writing a resume, and I'm already seeing the influx of emails asking me to help. I know Lisa is seeing the same thing, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Individuals, you know, who've been laid off and don't have a prospect of another job are um, sending us lots of emails. So today, we're going to talk through this with the involuntarily unemployed or reassigned as well as a voluntary career change that can still be made during this time of rapid change and instability. So let's begin with involuntary career change. That's like the most terrible right now, right, is um, what's going on. And uh, we do have to take a moment, I think, to address, uh, I think, even the, the difference, right? Like there's involuntarily laid off and there's an involuntary career change, which are two very different things. Right. Right. I've noticed just um, on LinkedIn and the feed in LinkedIn, a lot of people saying, hey, um, I've just been laid off from a job I loved. Um, Miss my coworkers. Hello to my coworkers. These really kind of heartfelt, grateful thank you posts that I think are really helpful in getting out your feelings for one thing, like and announcing to the world, hey, I'm available. Um, um, I've noticed just a lot of that going on and I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea to be transparent. Yeah. And so, I mean, if we look at those that have been laid off, many of those people may have been in a job they loved and would continue in that job. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're not necessarily talking about those folks, although we are going to give some tools that are going to help them. Right. But then there's, there are people who are, um, who are now unemployed, but were in a job that they didn't like mm-hmm. and wanted to make a career change. So how can they make that transition during this time? Um, and then you've got the people who are still employed, 
but their job has changed drastically. And so the job they had a month ago is not the job they have today because of the way that we've had to transition to, to virtual. And so while they may be readily grateful that they have a job, a job that is giving them a paycheck, they may be really hating um, what's happening right now because of the way that their job has changed. Mm -hmm. A good example of that is hospitals. Um, I know uh, a friend of mine's husband works in a hospital and uh, he has been reassigned many times, uh, sometimes to the front door. So, you know, standing guard at a door, you know, sort of taking on a security role to um, and other people going from leadership to reception to garbage to I mean, they are all over the place. I think many of them tend to see things like, you know, being of service in this time. But I think the danger with all the shifting that's going around is it could become permanent. Right. You know, right. we saw but that I in the last the recession. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm just going to say you're right. That, that's the question is, is it, are we looking at permanent? Like, obviously, if you're a doctor and you're taking out trash today, you, that's a service. You're just doing the best you can. Um, and you'll realize in a couple of months, you'll be back to what you're supposed to be doing. But as you said, there are, there's a, there's a slippery slope for certain types of, of roles where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, if you can do all of this, you know, in, in a crisis, imagine what you can do when it is calm. So yeah, you can keep, keep these, these various roles, right? Right. If it's, you know, it is a slippery slope because think about the things in during normal times when you um, might take on a role and take on another role and another th role. And pretty soon you're spinning 25 plates because you wanted to say yes, look good, be promotable. And really all it did was, you know, increase your level of busyness. Um, right. and you're but still let's in the also same remember spot. you said yes because you wanted a, you needed the money. <laughs> let's not forget the baseline of yes, that, right? Yes. Usually, I need to keep a job, especially in a time where if I lose my job, I'm now going to be competing with the millions who are all going to be looking for work, right? right? Like that's, and I think you know, employers, I implore you to not use this as that time you know, to kind of hold that over people's heads, right? Because it, it's sort of out there. It's like, well, you could do this or you could be unemployed, you know? Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of that that's going to start happening if it isn't already happening, mm -hmm. which is really unfortunate. Yeah, I, I, let's lean the other direction <laughs> a minute and assume let's let's assume positive intent and that we're all doing the best we can at least for a moment here and yeah. for you know so what can people do who who suddenly find themselves unemployed and really need work um as yeah. soon as the, possible the, that networking right it's like how do you network when you can't go out and talk to people right. um and it's got to be be all done virtually. And so I think, um, you know, I, I don't think that our, um, 
advice on this really changes, right? Because I, no, we really. always counsel people to to use LinkedIn to to um, request into informational interviews with people. And nine times out of ten, I was like, "Oh, you need to do that by phone because you never know who you're going to reach out to." You know, people are busy; they don't have time for coffee and things like that. And now we can't have coffee, <laughs> so um, I think that the, the virtual chats. Um, and the email communication is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, networking is, I always tell people, uh, my clients, anybody, when we're talking about career change, um, careers in general, always have one foot out the door. Because it puts you in the mindset of keeping your connections going, keeping your relationships uh, going in good times when you love your job, um, so that when something like this happens, that they're still active, right? Um, Right. Don't be complacent. Don't be complacent. Have your resume up to date. Um, You know, that's another thing that people kind of let go fallow is... You know, even if you don't actually update your resume, do keep track of, you know, new certifications, new courses that you've been taking um, um, and, you know, accomplishments and impacts that you've made along the way. Um, Definitely. And I think so. So to to put a a bow on the, the unemployed right now, right? Like this is not the time, unfortunately, if you're unemployed today and you don't have a prospect of a job, you're in survival mode, right? So, so many of these these long-term kinds of solutions that we're talking about aren't going to mm-hmm. apply to you because, mm-hmm. you know, you can take this information and use it later once you have a baseline job. But right now, you need to get a job. And so I, I've always told clients, um, you know, I've, I've had some who say, well, I, I just want to quit or I, I know I'm going to get laid off. And so I want to do the career change. And I, I always implore them not to do it then because when you have to be worrying about the, your next paycheck and what that's going to look like and how you're going to put food on the table, that's not the time. Do you, like, honestly, a career change is, is a luxury. It's not a right. necessity. Right. So you've got to put the necessity first. And you don't um, want to be in sort of desperation mindset. It'll, 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 it can often cause you to make the wrong choice and to exactly. negotiate in the wrong way for yourself. Not, you know, not enough, not well enough, or simply sometimes to not ask for anything to just accept right. whatever is offered. So, you know, if you, you know, let's think about this. If we're in survival mode and, you know, 10 million people are out of work suddenly, where are the jobs? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Obviously, unemployment for is going to help. Um, um, but yeah, I've seen but people I mean- take jobs. Like right now, you think about who's hiring. You Healthcare. Uh, grocery stores, farms, um, old people, even though, you know, we have to be safe, but um, caregiving, caregiving jobs are, are becoming scarce or more necessary. And of course there's a risk with that, but um, the people are hiring at the higher levels 
at sort of the senior and executive levels, that seems to be um, somewhat, you know, um, people are still getting getting roles. And then again, sort of at the um, beginning end of things. Right. Just well, starting like, out you know, your the, career. You look at, you know, computing, scientific computing. You look at video production, um, virtual learning, right? These are areas where... Um, hiring is, is happening and where, you know, even before the, the pandemic, these were areas that were in demand and will continue to be in demand. Right. Um, so I think that it's looking at, you know, this is where we talk about the career change aspect, right? So what are you doing now and, and what do you want to do later? So I think part of that is um, when we think about asking for help or figuring out how do you make that change? Because the other aspect of making a career change is sometimes you just know that you hate what you're doing now, but you don't even know what it is you want to do, which is why you're stuck. You stayed there because you're like, I know I hate this, but I don't know what to move to. So you stay. And then the other aspect is, I do know what I'd like to do, but I don't know how to get it. I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know anyone in that industry. I just, I don't know if my skills are translatable. And so because of that fear of that unknown, you stay. Right, right. I, I think that with the, the person who, who doesn't know what they want to do, but they know they want to leave, they need to spend some time going backwards. They need to, to review what they've done in a way that, that um, re- reveals some repeating themes and strengths and ask someone else to look at what you've written, right? To, what you've documented. Because somebody else will, see, will often see something that you're just blind to. They'll see the the repeating themes and the, you know, you're always coaching and and kind of mentoring people. What about X? You know, what about a, a teaching role, something like that? Um, so I think number one, document what you've been doing, but look at it for themes, repeating themes, so you can kind right. of. You know, grab a sheet of paper. And this is, again, this is why you can't do a career change overnight, right? It just takes time. So you really, as Lisa said, have to go back and think, what have I done? You really, you've got to think back. And that takes time. You've got to go pull out old resumes. You know, every now and then I'll find an old copy of my resume and go, oh, wow, I did have that job. I did do that thing that I completely forgotten about because over time it's faded off of my resume because it wasn't as important. Um, But when you're doing this exercise, you've got to think back to all the things you've done. And so I always say, start by writing everything down on one sheet of paper, just everything you can think of. And that takes time. You'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, I I forgot about X, Y, Z. I need to put that down on that piece of paper. (laughs) So that's a couple of days process just to write that. And then once you get that list, then you have to look at it and go, okay, on this list of things that I did, what was I good at or what am I good at? Right. And so I tell people circle the things you're good at. Right. And And then I I would say too, highlight things that you're good at that you no longer want to do. Right. You may be good at them, but it's part of what's holding you back. 
right? It's part of what's in the way of a career change. So, right? So, yeah. Well, and so the, the process there, so this is where, so Lisa and I, we have slightly different processes. So, and it's interesting because what I've had people do is I'll say, you know, you don't want to write this. You don't want to do this three times, right? So take that piece of paper where you wrote down everything you've done, photocopy it, make a copy of it, make three copies, three or four copies of it, because then your brain, you, um, as you do this process, if, if you do it all on one sheet of paper, you're going to you're going to, to start melding things together. And you'll see what I mean when I, when I mm-hmm. say this process. So if you mm-hmm. take that first sheet of paper, right, and you circle everything that you are good at, right, then put that sheet away. Then you take the next one and you highlight all the things that you hate doing, right, or put a, a, a red line. I usually use a red line because it's so satisfying to take a red <laughs> pen. <laughs> And, and cross out all the stuff that you hate doing and never want to do again in life, right? Then you put that sheet of paper away. Then you get the next one, right? And then you take out, like, what are all the things that you, um, you're you good at? So, do I say good at first or enjoying? Because there's a difference. It's like, what are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? What do you hate doing? Right. And then you compare those three sheets of paper, because that's where you'll see that mm-hmm. some of the things you're good at are also some of the things you hate doing. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And I think this is especially important for um, people who get stuck in executing roles. Right. The doers, the doer, the doer, the doer, the doer. Um, if you're, you're in this sort of loop where you're not able to use the higher level strategic thinking skills or your influencing skills because you're stuck in a doing mode, you, you should look for that pattern in, in right. your accomplishments. I want to say, too, that um, when you're looking at what you've done, I call it mining for accomplishments, doesn't matter what you call it. You want to be specific with as many of them as you can. You want to quantify your impact wherever possible. So if there was a productivity increase or um, a revenue increase or an expense decrease, you know, where, where, where was the money saved? Where was the money earned? right? Or the reputational increase, whatever it was, you want to ask yourself kind of, so what? Ask that question after each one so that you get, you chunk up to the impact that that, 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 that accomplishment represents. Yeah, it's really important to, to do that. And I think so, you know, this is again, for those, and this is how you get stuck in jobs that you hate, right? Because, hey, here's this thing I hate doing, but I'm really good at it. Once you identify that and you see it, just even acknowledging that helps you feel so much better because you're like, oh, this is what happened here. Okay. (laughs) Right. So now you can start to figure out, okay, what do I have to do to get out of this situation? And that's where the Mm -hmm. career change comes in because that's where it's like, okay, I now understand how I got here. And I understand what's happening right now. So now I have to figure out how do I not let that happen in the future? And so the only way that you can do that is by identifying that. And so those bits of paper, that's your Bible now. Because as Mm -hmm. you start to look for jobs and as you start to figure out, well, what do I like to do? 
so you take that the sheet of paper that says, okay, where's the cross um, the, the the crossover between what I'm good at and what I like to do, right? Right. Take those things, and now that's where your focus goes, right? So and you, you kind of have to make a promise. You have to make yeah. a promise to yourself that at least in the initial stages of a, of a change, a career change or a job search, to make sure that what you look for is aligned with that discovery and, you know, really what you value. So, like, put your horse blinders on at first so that you don't start you know, you're not so far down the pike that you might be getting a little bit desperate about the, your search and you start to break from your values and go, well, it wouldn't be that bad. I could do that for a while. Just say, you know, in the beginning, keep your mind clear of all of that and try well, this to... this is why this episode is unapologetic career change, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because this is where you have to say... You you were gonna look at that bit of that piece of paper and go, oh my goodness! Like if I use a really outlandish example, I'm a doctor, right? I'm making a lot of money, but I hate what I am doing. I want to change. I would like to be a horse farmer, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever it is, people are gonna look at you and go, you have lost your ever loving mind. Your family, your kids, your friends, everyone is going mm-hmm. to be against. They are all going to be telling you, do not do this. You are crazy. You know, and there are, there's some pieces to that, right? Where you do have to figure out, well, can I make a living? You know, I don't want to starve to death. You do still have to have logic in that, right? But just the idea of where you're trying to move to, you have, you, once you've made that decision and you know it's something you can do, you've got to be unapologetic about it. And you've got to say, this is my life and this is where I am going. <laughs> Now, so that's to that point about Lisa's thing about the blinders. <laughs> right. And, I, and it's interesting because that's the point at which um, I, I notice with my clients will, will say, I don't know how to make that bridge uh, verbally. Um, and one of the reasons, you know, I started Story Happens Here was that I was constantly helping people craft a narrative that helped the listener or the potential employer um, see the bridge from the doctor to the, to the horse rate farmer. Are <laughs> they called horse farmers? <laughs> My friend Rosalie's going to kill me um, for not knowing what the answer to <laughs> I, that is. <laughs> I totally just, just like, I think I was thinking horse rancher. I don't know. There I'm we go. From That's Montana. probably I'm it. Sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, a city girl through and through. <laughs> I apologize but, to all those <laughs> You know, but the doctor, the doctor has a story in him or her about um, what it was she was noticing while working as a doctor that, um, and, or, or maybe, you, you know, there was some story embedded in the desire for that career change. And it's going to be a, a story that, that they repeat over and over again, that's going to be kind of now embedded in the story of them, their, their career story. Um, those are the kinds of things that you have to find um, in that list that, that Stacy was talking about with the red lines and the circles and all of that, that are the stories that will help you write a new narrative to explain why you're making the transition. Right? So, 
So it's really control. It is all about controlling how you talk about yourself so that you can control to the extent possible how people perceive you and, and what strengths and uh, uh, capacities you have for this new role. Right. You've got to get into the new box, right? Like everyone yeah. wants you in a box. Everyone's got a box that you need to be in. And if you're in the doctor box or you're in the, the office manager box or whatever box you're in, right? Everyone understands. It makes sense when you're in that box. When you step outside of that box, people don't understand anymore. They're like, wait, I don't, I'm sorry. You need to explain. So the storytelling is exactly that. It's like this bridge that helps you to explain, you know, how you get from box A to box B. Because if you don't explain it for people, and if you don't make it really understandable, they will not let you into the box, into the new box. The people in the new box don't get it either. They're like, wait, why are you trying to come into this box? We don't want you in this box. You don't belong here. You belong in the other box. It'll be a little (laughs) bit like a dog, like a dog that cocks his head sideways, right? And goes, what? Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like people yeah. in the old box don't understand why you're trying to leave and people in the new box don't understand why you're trying to get there. So you're fighting on both sides and that's why making a career change is so difficult. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the people who uh, um, don't really know where they want to go. They, they're itching for something, but they don't know where they want to go. One of my very, very favorite things to do with people in this, in this situation is to write what I call your piss off list. And that is to make a list of everything that makes you angry, makes your blood boil, pisses you off. So for most people, it's, you know, animal abuse, child, child endangerment or abuse or, you know, pollution and environmental issues. And then I ask them to get even more specific. What is it about that that bothers you? Um, now, this isn't to say that everybody is suddenly going to go and work for, you know, the World Health Organization or some nonprofit. It's okay. So if you're all about children, maybe you're maybe, you know, children's health, for example, maybe your next role will be in a children's hospital or in some setting that is geared toward the, the well-being of kids. Right. Um, maybe it's to become a teacher. Who knows? So so um, that's often a way, a really good way to find out what moves and inspires you. Right. I think about the work that I do now. I was not doing anything anywhere remotely close to it in my last J.O.B. Right. But what I'm doing now was motivated by being angry about women getting paid less, women having, uh, not having as many seats at the table, so to speak, the glass ceiling and all of that BS. So it was motivated by a negative somewhat, right? Yeah. Certainly there were other motivations that were positive, but um, there, there, was, there was discontent and I wanted to solve it. I wanted to solve that problem. Right. Well, part of that, too, is then once you figured, once you have an idea, so you say, oh, I think this is what I want to do. We sometimes will have false starts. 
mm-hmm. know, and you, 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 you wonder, do I want to spend all this time and energy, you know, if my new career requires me to get a different degree or to get, spend money on some certification, do I want to go down that path? So this is where we, you know, the asking for help is important because you can mm-hmm. reach out to people who are already in those roles and look at what their background looks like and look at what certifications they have. But you can also reach out to them and ask, you know, how did you get started? What are you doing? But in in that ask, I think that we really have to be careful about who we're asking and what we're asking for. So, you know, you don't want to just put out a general blanket ask that says, I'm thinking about X, who can help me? You're not right. You want to be really specific, right? You want to be very specific in your ask. Yeah, I mean, because we're getting a lot of that, right? We're getting. um, We we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and it's like I have. We both get so many in mails through LinkedIn um, because we're both, you know, LinkedIn authors, and there's just people watch our courses, which is great, and we're happy they do that. But then some of them will reach out and say, well, I'm considering doing X or I'm thinking about starting this and, you know, I admire your work, but what would you recommend that I do to get started? Right. Like, it's so, so like, broad. Yeah, you need to create a career plan for you? Yes, I am. I, <laughs> right. So you really need to get specific. So if you're asking for help and you're thinking about a new role, Right. What is it that you want from that person? Why are you asking this specific person? Are you asking them because they can connect you to somebody who might be able to answer your question? Are you asking this specific person because they have expertise that you would like to to emulate? Are you asking because they went to a school and you're curious about what their... Um, you know, um, what do you call it? Networking prospects are within that, 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 that community. Like what specifically do you want? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because for people who are out there who do want to help you, we get so many of those requests that if you're not specific and I can't answer it right away, I, I sometimes I intend to answer it. I really do. I want to, but I was just scrolling through my messages and realized I have quite a few unanswered messages not because I didn't want to answer them, but because I got so many that, and they weren't specific. And I said, oh, I'll get back to that in a little bit because I, I need to think. And I never got back to it. Right, right. Don't you feel guilty? I, you know what? I do sometimes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm teasing you. <laughs> well, you know what? I do. I do sometimes. But it's like we said, if the ask is, if the ask makes sense, Yes, I feel guilty because I'm like, you know what? This person really needed something that I could have given them very easily. And I did not. So then, yes, yeah, I yeah. feel like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's one of these just random kind of, hey, you've got a network. I need a network. <laughs> Why don't you give me your network kind of thing? It's like, what? <laughs> no. Right, right. I, you know, corollary to to networking uh, is is the opportunity now to build your thought leadership. And I know that's a big buzzword, uh, but so many of the people that I work with have this, this intensely wonderful uh, uh, experience and expertise, I would say. And they have opinions um, and perspectives around their expertise or their field um, that they could be 
talking about on LinkedIn or on uh, Medium writing articles or blog posts or, you know, back in the day when we could speak at conferences. Well, maybe a digital conference, right? Um, the, this is something, a plan, a thought leadership plan is something we focus on with, with those of my clients who, who are um, wanting to be seen and heard in that kind of way. Well, now is the, is the time. Um, to really think about crafting a thought leadership plan. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a big drawn out thing. It can be simple. Um, refer, you know, pulling an article from somewhere that you want to share and having an opinion about it. Um, um, I think this is a, yeah. um, something that we put off when we are gainfully employed and busy as hell. Uh, and, and, but once you get in the rhythm of it, you get started, it's easier to continue even when you do have a new role. Right. Well, and for those that are looking uh, and thinking about making that change, you know, I think it's, things are starting to calm down a little bit now. I feel like the first month was just pandemonium. Um, and, and, Everyone was a little manic. I feel like people are starting to settle into their roles a bit. And I think we're going to be in this for a little while. So mm -hmm. um, this is the time, if you're thinking about a career change once this is over, um, to say, hey, you know what? Let me get on to uh, LinkedIn Learning or Coursera or any of these sort of online uh, programs that are out there and soak up as much knowledge as possible. The great thing is um, I do believe that most libraries still allow you access to LinkedIn Learning for free if you have um, a library card and you have set up and you can uh, log in through your library for free. So, um, and I know LinkedIn's got it where it's like 30 days free, right? So regardless, I think there's a lot of free resources out there. Um, and I, I think that this is the time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've been hearing a lot of people saying they feel like this is a time of opportunity and a time for rebirth. And um, so I think this is the time if you've been thinking about making that career change, this is the time to spend, spend some, you know, much needed uh, focus thinking about how to make that happen. Because if not now, when? <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. And I and I think too that LinkedIn, not I think, I know LinkedIn has been making lots of courses free for you know extended periods of time, you know, a week, two weeks. Yeah. Um, because they know that they're in demand courses right now. Um yeah, uh, or necessary. Got a whole, um learning path. It's uh, finding a job during challenging economic times with a lot of courses that they put in there um, for free. So I guess we can link that and put it onto the Inclusionomics uh, site so that you can check that out if you want to take a look. Yeah, that will be in the show notes as well as um, other uh, learning paths and ideas, course ideas, um, if you want to tackle your, your, your learning hunger during this break. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, the other thing I want to say too is about making that career change is the, the documenting piece. So you sort of alluded to this in the beginning, Lisa, um, but if you are still in your job, you want to be documenting what you're doing because that'll make that exercise that we talked about, right. It'll make it so much easier if you've written some of this stuff down now. So right. what are you doing 
what are some of the roles you've had to take on? Because maybe you're, you're actually learning new on the job skills, which could be used for um, a, a different path. This is that time where if there are other um, things that you have to, other roles you have to take on and other responsibilities within your organization, if there's an option, take something that might actually be helpful to you in a future career change. Right. So that you can start, you know, practicing and getting some skills. So I, I think there is definitely areas of opportunity. And again, this is where you do see that divide because some people are like, oh, this is a great opportunity. And other people are like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been laid off and I don't have a job. So th- there is a definite dichotomy uh, that is happening. Um, and I, in fact, I said to a friend yesterday, I said, you know what? I feel really guilty about it because a couple of years ago I would have been on that the side of, Oh my God, this is so bad. The sky, the sky is falling. The world is ending. Um, and I said, you know what, right now, or for now, at least for the next month or two, I'm not on that path. Um, and, but I know what it's like to be on that path. And so I, I feel um, the anguish of people <laughs> right now and what's right. going on. Um, and so it's, it's a little weird to be in this space. (laughs) You know, the interesting thing about this moment is, you know, allowing people to be where they are, um, wherever they are emotionally is, is, is where they are. And for some people, they need to grieve for a little bit. They need to, you know, feel their feels and, and and allow that to help them kind of navigate, right? So um, I don't think there's any mm, rule about when the time is right kind of thing, right? Like they're, they're just, we can't, this is not a time to be pressuring ourselves into, um, you know, doing things with speed and alacrity. It's just not... It's just not a right time. Yeah, I think um, so. You know, I think our advice is that be where you are. (laughs) Do think about the future and how you can make your future career a little easier, a little better by doing some things now. What are those things you can do now? And if it's nothing, be okay with that. It's Mm -hmm. nothing for right now. I can't Mm -hmm. do anything right now. But if you can... Then, then do because this could be a time um, to to utilize th- these opportunities and to utilize the change that's happening. And for some people, there is a little more time. You know, I feel like, like I said, I felt like everyone was pretty manic and was all over the place. But I feel like that's slowing down a little bit. Um, and so maybe there is some some time that you can sneak in. You know, if you don't, you don't have to pay time anymore. So maybe you get up and you use that time to. Um, think through what your potential career change could look like, right? Like use your, uh, repurpose your, your commute time for something that will uh, help your career. Right, right. Well, we gave people a lot of tasks, a lot of um, um, possible actions, things that they can do, tips and tricks uh, to support the, their career change. Uh, even if you just tackle one of them, um, you'll be further ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and we're always here. Feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn if, you, uh, if you've got questions. And we promise we will try to answer you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Alicia and I are here. We are sharing our learning and our experiences with you. And we hope that if you like today's discussion, that you'll like us, share with us, and we'll listen in next time. You have been listening to Inclusionomics with Lisa Gates and Stacey Gordon. Visit inclusionomics.net to subscribe and download.